At Canlan Energy, community investment is a cornerstone of our corporate culture. We have a responsibility to support the communities in which we work and operate in. By focusing our investment initiatives, we can make a positive and measurable impact. Thank you to Kidsport for the opportunity to become their first partner here in Cochrane, Alberta. It comes with great elation knowing that Canlan's contributions will be a key piece to kids returning to sport this year. We at Sport Calgary like to stay active, in person and online. Be sure to follow us at Sport Calgary on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Kidsport Calgary presents the Face First Podcast with your hosts Alicia Rissling and Grace Defoe. And here they are sliding right on in, Grace and Alicia. All right, welcome back to the Face First Podcast. My name is Grace Defoe. And I'm your co-host, Alicia Riz Rizling, coming to you from, I'm back in my house in Calgary. I'm supposed to be in Latvia uh, at the first World Cup of the bobsled season and Team Canada pulled shoot. So I am home pushing in the ice house. Grace, where are you? I am still posted up in Whistler, BC. Um, yeah, I mean, we're here for the foreseeable future. It's the same thing. We're we're not traveling anywhere soon, it seems like. So we'll uh, we'll stay here and stay healthy. Fair enough. And we have a pretty special guest today. Yeah, hi, guys. Nice to be here with the Calgary Roughnecks. Um, yeah, excited to be here and uh, enjoying you guys this evening. Sorry, Melissa, we were supposed to do a much better intro than that. But thank you so much for coming to join us today. Um, our our podcast really features a lot of, well, with both of Grace and I being female athletes and really involved in sport in our community um, in the greater, we're calling it Alberta area. Um, and we're so excited to have um, a prominent woman in in the sporting community from uh, the managerial side. So thank you so much for joining us. And I think this is a pretty special time that uh, we're going through with with women in sports and, and rising to positions that we've never seen before. Yeah, absolutely. And really excited to be here and, and talk about, yeah, sports and women in sports and the incredible things that are going on uh, in the world today. I find it really interesting because we always talk about women in sport and obviously Alicia and I are athletes and sometimes we just think about it from that lens. But from the other side, there's the whole women in sport of the business side of things that I think we haven't really got into yet on our podcast. We've talked to a lot of female athletes and we're really excited to kind of dive into the other side. Yeah. So Melissa, why don't you take us a little bit through, um, let's just start from the very beginning for you. Like how, when did sport first enter your life? Were you an athlete at some point? Um, what did you study in university and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, sports has always been a huge part of my life. Um, I wouldn't say, uh, I'm an athlete to the level of the two of you, but, uh, definitely have been I would say an athlete my whole life from a young age I basically played any sports I could get my hands on Um, I was a hockey player from five years old right through to midget and really just played any school sports I could volleyball basketball softball um, gone to tennis a little bit and yeah I mean even as an adult I play everything that I can so definitely um you know more for the fun than a a high level athlete i would say but uh it certainly has been a part of my life for a long time and 
um, you know, I went through school. I went to Lethbridge College and um, got two diplomas through their business administration program, uh, one for marketing and one for management. Um, and really even going through school, I, I didn't expect um, to end up in a career in sport. I, I really thought I was going to take a marketing route um, and get, you know, into a marketing agency and work on advertising um, until I saw a position with Hockey Alberta. And that was my first job fresh out of college. Uh, and yeah, 12 years later, here I am and I haven't looked back. So I've been pretty fortunate to, uh, to stay in the, the sports industry and, and make a career of it so far. Awesome. So y- you you didn't plan to end up in a sporting career and and work your way up the way you have so far, eh? You d- it was just kind of something. What what attracted you to the hockey Alberta listing that you applied to? I guess just the thought of actually being able to work in sports. Um, I didn't know enough about it when I was um, growing up and, and going through school. I didn't really think of it as a career um, opportunity. So when I saw it uh, when I got into school, I just thought. How cool would that be, getting the chance to work in sports? Um, like I said, it was such a big part of my life, and I was always a hockey player. So I thought, you know, if I get paid and get to be in the hockey world, um, that'd be pretty exciting. So I, I went for it, and I was really fortunate they took a chance on me. And, uh, yeah, my opportunities have just grown from there. Awesome. Um, so we've actually mentioned this on our podcast many times before, which is pretty interesting that women of, I'll say our generation, <laughs> but um, when we were when we were growing up, we didn't have female role models to look up to, especially in in sporting careers. And, and I'd say for myself, being an athlete there, there weren't a lot of women uh, like professional athletes to look up to and think, you know, like that, that's a career that I want to aspire to. And I think, especially in the sporting world on, from the business side either, um, until recently there haven't been a lot of women filling those roles. So that's a pretty interesting thing that you kind of like commented, but you know, we're grateful that now we're trying to see more women in, in these, in these roles and have more opportunities for. Um, yeah, so absolutely. And I think, Oh, no, keep going. Yeah, go no, go for it. Yeah, I was just going to add to that. I think you're right. I mean, um, you know, maybe I was as I was getting into it, I didn't I didn't see as many role models. But um, when you look around now, there's just so many women to aspire to. I think um, probably for me, Cassie Campbell is you know a, a player, of course, but she also is just so involved in in the community and the work she does. So I think you know people like her, and you look at Candace Gowdy in our organization and. Now in the NLL, we have uh, our deputy commissioner is uh, a female. So, um, yeah, definitely a lot more now. And uh, for maybe young women looking to get into the industry, it's uh, maybe more promising. And you can see, you know, similar to what's going on in in the MLB. um, There's just a lot of promise for women coming up in sport. What a great shout out to just a few of the great names in in the Calgary and Southern Alberta and Alberta sporting community as well. I think that we're really lucky in our region to have a lot of really great quality female leaders out there that now hopefully the next generation listening can look up to these, look up to people like you, Melissa, and hopefully Alicia and I as well. And and I think we're very, very lucky in Calgary to have such a strong female presence. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, So Melissa, where did you go um, touching your time with Hockey Alberta and what opportunity that led you to next? I've got a little bit of your, your bio highlights here. So can you just take us through where your, that, which opportunity you had after um, Hockey Alberta? Yeah, definitely. So Hockey Alberta, um, my start there, 
my first role was uh, assistant to the general manager. So, I mean, in an organization like that, it was such an incredible opportunity for me to really um, see so much of the organization as um, being the assistant to to the general manager and, and seeing, you know, the work with um, our board members and the member associations and um, just the whole team there. And then I moved into a, an events role um, with the foundation and, did a lot of incredible work with um, our community events and creating uh, the Every Kid, Every Community grant program, uh, which really was focused on getting new kids involved in the game. And that was something I really fell in love with at the community level um, in my role at Hockey Alberta. So, yeah, just, just starting out and getting to know the hockey community so well um, at such a grassroots level was was such a great experience for me. And then getting to work through the foundation um you know, on fundraising events and then actually getting to see where that money went back into the community. I really think that at a, at that PSO, the provincial sport organization level, you get to see so much. And I can't imagine, like, that's such a great jumping off point for your career to just learn so much about sport and, and how it operates. I think that uh, we all know how hard every every sport org works, but provincial sport orgs as, uh, as well. They work so hard and, and deliver so much in, in our um, province, and, and they're a little bit underappreciated, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think as a governing body, they uh, they do a lot of work behind the scenes that uh, maybe goes unnoticed or doesn't get the credit deserved sometimes, but uh, being in the thick of it, you definitely realize just how, how much goes into it and how much they do for the community. Yeah, um, so I wanted to jump into the next part of your career here. I see that in 2013 that you were the co-chair of the Women's U18 National Hockey Championship um, working through Hockey Canada, and that was a volunteer position. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that and why was that? Was so, I'm, I'm sure the amount of work that went into that was probably astronomical to take on as a volunteer <laughs> position. Um, and talk a little bit about why you ha did that and what kind of work you had to do with that and what kind of experience you felt that that helped your resume with. Yeah, definitely. That was such a wonderful experience. And you're right, it was basically like a second uh, full-time job at that time. And I was working for the Flames Foundation and uh, and doing events and community things with the Flames Foundation. And uh, yeah, this opportunity came up and a good friend of mine um, worked in Hockey Calgary at the time. And she said, hey, this event's coming to Calgary. Um, you know, would you want to co-chair it with me? And I just... I can't say no. I mean, it's we love events and hockey, and it just seemed like such a great opportunity to get a, a team of females together. Um, primarily, our our host committee was females. There there were definitely um, a few men on the committee, but uh, we got to create our own host committee and uh, work alongside the event staff at Hockey Canada to to pull off that event. And it was without a doubt the most rewarding volunteer experience um, that I've ever been a part of. It was just. Um, I mean, coming from the background at Hockey Alberta, you see how impactful volunteer work is in the community and, and what it does for the sport of hockey. So to get the chance to work on um, an event like a national championship for uh, for Hockey Canada was just such an honour. And, and um, yeah, it was working with the host committee. I mean, you bring in people and so many great personalities from from in our community, from, you know, doing sponsorship and doing... You know, we had transportation and we had events and we had broadcast and 
um, you know, just so many great people coming together as volunteers to, to pull off this event. And it was really important to my co-chair, Christina, and I to just make it a fun, memorable experience for these girls that were, you know, 17 and coming to Calgary probably for the first time. And we just really wanted to make it a memorable experience for them. That's amazing. Yeah, that sounds like awesome. Um, how long did that go for? Like, when did you guys start putting in the work to to when the act the event actually finished? Oh gosh, you're testing my memory here. That was years ago, <laughs> but uh, the event was in November, and I want to say it was a, a good like a good few months of work for sure. That was you know probably five days a week that went into meeting as you know at least myself and the co-chair and working with the host committee to to put that together it was uh it was a pretty big commitment and a hundred percent worth uh, every minute of it did you take a big vacation after in, in the middle of hockey season there was nothing um, so you started working um, with the Calgary Flames Foundation, and then how did that lead to your role working with the Hitmen? Um, yeah, so I was with the Flames Foundation for a few years, um, and actually, funny enough, it ties back to uh, to bobsled and the the person in the role before me, um, Josh Kirkpatrick. He oh yeah, <laughs> with, uh, with the Canadian bobsled team, so. He got uh, he got picked out in a game of actually Calgary Flames team slow pitch. He he got noticed uh, there. And anyway, so long story, but he ends up um, moving on from his position with the Hitmen. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity. They moved me from the foundation into the role of assistant manager um, of our business operations with the Hitmen, and that was in 2014. Um, and yeah, that was my first of four seasons with the Hitman. And was that, uh, were you recruited for that position or was it something you had to apply and got promoted from within for? Um, I would say they, they came to me for it uh, initially and kind of told me what it was all about. And with my, you know, experience in, in events and I, I think running events um, translates a lot into uh, the skills of, of business operations. You're kind of just running you know, 36 events instead of um, maybe a few less uh, when you're looking at major events. So, um, yeah, they they came to me, and it was definitely um, a great opportunity for me. I mean, to move uh, from the Flames to the Hitman, I often get the question, you know, people want to go the other way from junior to, to the big leagues. But for me, it was such an incredible opportunity to, to hold a position um, of a manager with the junior team and, to work with Mike Moore, who I still work with on the Roughneck side. Um, and he just gives me so many great opportunities to, to put ideas forward and, uh, and bring kind of my vision to the team. So that was uh, a really incredible growth opportunity for me. So I'm really wondering, you talk about obviously this, this great volunteer position of this event you hosted. And I feel like sometimes when those positions come up, people necessarily don't feel like they necessarily want to do it or that they have the time to do it. And it sounds like it's actually gone on to benefit you in your career and obviously helped you get these positions and, and move through your career. Um, would you have any advice maybe for someone young in their career that is like thinking about maybe taking that volunteer position or not and kind of how it's helped you in your current role now? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I actually get students reaching out to me. I've worked um, with Lethbridge College and Red Deer College uh, on a few projects, and I get students contact me, at least a few of them a year, you know, looking for advice for getting into the sports industry. And that would be my biggest piece of advice for, for anyone who's looking to start out is get out and volunteer no matter how big or small the role or whatever you have time for. But I think it's just such a amazing way to meet people and get your name out there and, you know, really just make those connections in the community. And for me, it was when I made the decision, it was certainly at the time not about advancing my career or, you know, doing it to build my resume. But I think that that should be the case for, you know, for anything you volunteer for, you do it for the right reasons. But at the end of it, you realize just how much, you know, you get out of it. And for me, it was immeasurable, just the experience I got out of it, the people I met, um, the things I got to do in that volunteer role um, certainly, certainly helped my career. So yeah, I would say anyone who's looking to get involved and get started in sports, even even if you're not, I mean, volunteering is a wonderful thing to do, but um, yeah, it's, it's not uh, an easy market to find paid positions. So anytime you can put yourself, you know, ahead of the pack by, by getting a volunteer role, like I said, no matter how big or small, I would certainly recommend it. I think that's a, such great, great advice. You get to, you get to do something that you want to do because you love to do it and you're willing to put your full effort into it and you never know the opportunities that might come about it. Um, so moving from your career, um, working with the Hitman and then this opportunity to be a manager uh, with the Roughnecks, was that something you were also recruited for or was that um, something that you had to apply for? Um, I mean, our, our team is so small and close that uh, I guess it wasn't really a matter of applying for it or being recruited. I mean, Mike Moore is our vice president of, of both teams and we just work so tremendously together and, and I've worked under him for four years in the Hitman and um, there was an opportunity to, to be moved over to the Roughnecks and uh, to bring our good friend Rob Curran to manage the Hitman and um, it, I think it was just such a a, a natural fit and a perfect fit for, for Rob coming in. Um, and for me, I mean, I'm always ready for a new challenge and something different. And um, I would never be tired of the Hitman, but the opportunity to to do um, business operations with the Roughnecks, it's such a great brand and uh, a fun team to work for. I was just thrilled to have the opportunity to kind of change gears. I had been all things hockey for 10 years and uh, didn't know a whole lot about lacrosse, but I, I do love the Roughnecks and I've always been, a fan of the game. So it, it was fun to, to switch gears and start managing the Roughnecks. <laughs> that was going to be my next question is you've been working with hockey for so long. How has the transition to lacrosse and, and did you feel a little, was anything about the sport a little bit overwhelming or was it mostly just business as usual because you knew how to operate a team? Um, yeah. I mean, from the business side, the transition, um, you know, wasn't extremely challenging because a lot of that, like I said, I, I work with the same team. It's pretty small and, internally um you know in our organization i'm working with the same people so um you know the target market is different the the crowd for him and game is very different for the crowd for a roughnecks game so you know definitely the strategy um and the approach is going to be different but essentially you know, applying the same you know the same skills and same thought process into managing the business but um 
you know, learning the game, that was, that was definitely new to me. I mean, I, I probably, before I was um, managing the team, I was more in the crowds and, you know, knew the chants and knew the goal songs <laughs> and, and all those fun things. But if, you know, you asked me about any of the rules, I'd probably uh, not be able to name too many of them. So that was definitely a, a learning curve was learning the actual rules of the game. Um, I mean, it's an easy game to love. So I, I didn't have any issue, you know, wanting to watch it and wanting to learn. But, um, yeah, it was one game, one sport that I, I didn't ever play growing up. Um, and, and those guys make it look so so easy when you're watching it. So it was uh, – the transition there was humbling. I mean, the first time I got on the floor and, and tried to whip around balls with uh, some of the guys, I felt uh, <laughs> pretty humbled by how easy they make it look and how <laughs> terrible I was at first. But uh, – but no, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's such a great game and uh, it's so much fun to work on that uh, the transition was relatively seamless. I see this like common thread in so many, so many of the great things you've shared through your career. And it's like the never say no attitude um, and the kind of the willingness to just like strive to find something that's going to challenge you and then find something else that's going to challenge you in the next. Where, where do you think that came from? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I, I think probably um, growing up with two brothers, I I was the youngest, and I think, you know, have the mentality of, oh, I can do that. I can do anything. And so I, I think that's just stuck with me into my adult years. I mean, there's very little things that I'll say no to, and especially, you know, if it's trying a new sport or trying a new challenge or, you know, in, in my career, I think it's just the way I'm wired. And I guess I'm thankful for it for you know, many reasons, personally and professionally, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's a good way to put it. Kind of like can't say no attitude. As a younger sibling, I can I can also relate. So <laughs> I, I only have one brother, but yeah, it's uh, it definitely helps shape you for sure. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. Um, so the next, just going on from this is you have this never say no attitude, and and uh, it sounds like your team. Um, with what that you work with throughout the is it is it the Calgary Sport and Entertainment Group is that what you guys are considered under? Yep, he's at Calgary Sport yeah. and Entertainment Corporation. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what's the what's the what are the challenges you're feeling right now um, dealing with the COVID situation? Oh, the challenges. I mean, the biggest one, without a question, is just not being around the team, and that's you know not just the team of athletes, but. Uh, our team in the office. It's, I mean, as you guys, uh, I'm sure can relate with, with your training and your teams. Um, you know, there's just such an energy you get from people in the office and the people that we work with at CSEC, they're so passionate about the work they do and in the office every day, um, just such a positive vibe and people really caring about what they're doing day to day. So, I mean, you can still, we still communicate on video, of course. And, uh, you know, we had the great event at the South Dome today, the United by Community Day that uh, Rob Kerr and the crew put on. And, and things like that are just so uplifting during this time because we really miss it. It's, yeah, I, I think just the team camaraderie and, uh, yeah, being being around everybody at the office, that's definitely the biggest miss for sure. What about, um, are you guys putting a plan A, plan B, plan C into what happens if there is a season, if there's going to be fans, that sort of deal? Yeah, definitely. We, you know, we work on it. We talk about it every day. Um, right now for 
the NLL, we have a targeted start date of uh, April 9th to 11th would be our opening weekend. So, um, yeah, right now. That late? I mean, that's late, right? That That's late, definitely, yeah. So we would be yeah. right now probably playing our preseason game this weekend would be oh, okay. um, yeah. pretty typical for our schedule. And then we would get going regular season um, first weekend of December. Gotcha. So, okay. yeah, we're, we're pushing it uh, way back. Um, but I think, you know, we're, we're operating, um, hoping that we can, you know, buy some time and come up with some plans that, that work for all 13 teams across our league. It's a very different professional league than, uh, than most that people are used to. So um, the obstacles we face are just a little bit different. I mean, everybody is facing similar obstacles with COVID, but um, yeah, we're working every day on, on, like you said, plan A, plan B, what do those things look like and how can we find a model that works for all the teams in our league is really the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. um, I have another question. I'm not sure if it's going to be relevant because it seems like you work with such an amazing team um, in your role and, and kind of got your way because you've always been the best person for a job. But do you think that women, and maybe you can just base this on what you see, um, maybe not just amongst the NLL or what you saw amongst the WHL um, with your time with the Hitman, um, do you think women in on the business side of, of sporting groups or even with the Flames group, I should say, um, do they struggle to get into those roles just because there hasn't been a lot of experience of women in those roles? Or do you think they're, do they always have to do something a little bit better than their male counterparts to be eligible to even apply for some of these roles? Or what have, in your experience, what have you come across? Yeah, I guess in my experience, I... I can't speak to that as much from experience because I, I have been fortunate to have, you know, really incredible leaders that have given me the opportunities. Um, you know, I don't feel that I've been slighted in any way or not given opportunities because I'm a female. Um, you, you know, I know that happens in, in industries and I know that, um, you know, sometimes women feel that way. And I think, yeah, I, I just can't, I can't speak to it from a personal experience. Um, but, but I do think, Women just have to be confident in, you know, what they're doing and their, uh, the value they bring to a position or to a team. Um, and I don't think it should matter, you know, whether you're female or male, as long as, you know, you, you prove yourself and prove your value and um, show what you can do to make a difference. Um, I guess that's always what I believe and that's how I feel. Um, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying that others have not, you know, come across that or felt different. I know, in some roles, um, you know, they're significantly male dominated and it might feel like you won't ever get the position. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, th then you look at women who, like I said, in our league, our deputy commissioner is a female. Um, you look at the first female GM in Major League Baseball. So things are happening. I mean, it's, it's slow and uh, it might se seem like, you know, just uh, it takes time, but I think we're headed in the right direction and there's a lot of positivity out there um, around, you know, females in in sports positions, and I think that's really positive for for not only females but the entire sporting world. I think that it's really important that females get looked at for positions um, that maybe have traditionally be held, been held by males for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's so great to hear a positive experience um, of a of a female, obviously, in sport and. Um, Obviously. It makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it is a bright light to know that 
you know, it's not everyone's experience. And obviously we're out to change to make sure it's no one's experience, but it, it's so great. And I think it speaks to also how great our Calgary sporting community is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we were, I say we're, we're doing pretty good in this city and, and we have like, I think half the women that you mentioned earlier, that are trailblazers in their professions. And now we've got uh, Kim and I don't know how to say her last name that just became the first MLB GM. Like things are looking up and it seems like more and more um, women are, are taking over the business side as well and, and dominating these sports. So Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, hopefully uh, you stay safe and stay healthy and can start feeding off the energy of the rest of your team soon so that we can have a, a hell of a home opener to attend in April. Cause I know I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you both for having me and, uh, hope to see you at that home opener, hopefully in 2021. So oh, I know I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd, love, I'd also love to be there. So <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. And good luck to you guys with that. Uh, oh, Sorry, I just want to say good luck to you guys with your training and uh, hopefully COVID doesn't hold you guys up too much. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll need all the luck we can get for that. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk yeah, to thanks. you later. Thanks, ladies. Take care. Remember the feeling of lacing up your skates, pulling that jersey over your head for the first time? What about cheering on your teammates in the final seconds of a game? Imagine you never had the opportunity to make those memories. Many kids don't. The power of sport is in how it shapes you in these special moments. It's the memories you cherish today and the stories you tell tomorrow. It nurtures our growth and strengthens our community. Now you can help create lasting memories and fill the gap for other kids who want to play. Help KidSport get more kids off the sidelines and into the game and give the gift of sport today by visiting www.kidsport.ca slash gift of sport.